Welcome to Next Generation's First Generation, where Patrick Delmore and Sasha Shouties take a look back into their favorite childhood show, Star Trek The Next Generation. This is where we attempt to reconcile how we felt as children watching the show and looking back as old farts now in our late 30s, almost 40s. We're in the middle of the 1988 production break of TNG, so in the meantime, we'll be providing commentary for films released during that time which were near and dear to our hearts. Season 2 episodes will return November 21st, 2018, so until then, please enjoy Shore Leave with us. Hello and welcome to Next Generation's First Generation Presents Shore Leave, where we will look at films that were released 30 years ago, the year that we're recording. So as this is right now is 2018, we are going to look at some movies from 1988. The first of these movies is going to be the classic George Lucas, Steven Spielberg produced, Don Bluth directed, The Land Before Time. Is this the first time Spielberg uh, peer, uh, teamed up with um, George Lucas. Yeah, no, that would be going back to uh, Indiana jo- or Raiders of the Lost Ark. I had no idea. Yep. I saw those two as two two uh, sides of the same coin. Yeah, no, they they they're good buddies, um, and they worked together on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Lucas wrote, uh, Spielberg directed, and uh, with us to uh, cover this movie, you already heard. Uh, my co-host, Sasha Shouties, is here, but we also have the lovely Jem Shouty. Hello. And the equally lo- lovely and somewhat rugged David. <laughs> I can also be rugged. Yeah. Now I have to be I have to be fair and in full transparency to the court that I do not actually remember watching this movie in the theaters. I was vaguely aware of it and slightly annoyed about it as a child. Uh, what the first memory I have of Land Before Time was that they've already made like six of these. Why are they still making more? And didn't you say that they just released their last one in 2016? Yeah. Uh, so there are 13 direct-to-video oh. sequels to this movie. Oh my god. But they are very different than this one. Uh, this movie is not a musical, and all of those are. <laughs> uh, this is a kind of a bleak movie, uh, and actually, the sad thing about this is that it's only sixty-nine minutes long. It's just oh. barely the length. It's just barely the length of a feature film, and that wasn't the plan. The plan was that it was going to be, uh, you know, about a hundred-minute long movie. Uh, but Spielberg saw it and decided that it was too scary for kids and cut a bunch of scenes really quick that, rather than being saved, they were destroyed. Oh, wow, so we don't really have any nope. proof of those scenes other than hearsay. There's, story, there's storyboards of them. Wow. And I want to say that Bluth has said that he would go back and do a special edition of this movie, but I think he needs Lucas and Spielberg's permission also because the land before time is ubiquitous with with being very child friendly now, it wouldn't quite work to do a spooky version of the uh, right. the movie. So uh, 
we have the movie paused on the DVD right now. And I'm going to give you 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and we will begin to watch 1988's The Land Before Time. Now, who has never seen this besides Sasha? Me. That is a very you old seen it either. universal intro there. Yep, the 80s universal intro. So excited. <laughs> now, I do like a good animated movie. And this is one of the best animators that ever was. He's still around. Um, this was pretty much the pyramid of his 1980s success. Don Bluth worked on... Um, An American Tale, wasn't he? Yes, which... Yeah beat Disney that year and this movie beat really? Disney again uh, the year following. This was this was up against Oliver and Company. Okay. Which is <laughs> a pretty crappy movie and as far as I still haven't ever seen it. I haven't either. Uh, now the Disney Renaissance hit uh, the next year with uh, The Little Mermaid. Right. And Don Bluth made, and we will probably cover it on this podcast, All Dogs Go to Heaven. That year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Love is, that movie. Is, is, is the word pyramid used commonly used to mean peak? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Top of the pyramid. Top of the pyramid. So yes. you're going <laughs> up and up and up, and then you go down. Second, I thought you might have meant like pinnacle or something. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. I guess that works. Um, I'm getting a Fantasia vibe. Oh, and you should be because this owes a lot to Fantasia. Um, so I definitely watched this movie. I remember the hype surrounding it. I remember being super excited to go see it in the movie theater. I was six years old when this came out, and I was living in Mainz-Castell, Germany. And going out to the Cineplex was like a super treat anytime that we went anyways. And being able to see something that had been so hyped up for a really long time was really exciting. And this was actually, side note, little random tidbit, this was my favorite movie all the way up until 1992 when My Girl came out, or I'm sorry, 1996-ish. When My Girl came out. Wow. Oh, no, My Girl like, was like 92. Yeah, and that replaced my my favorite movie and is still my favorite movie. So this held a very special place in my heart for a very long time. And just the emotionality of it really stuck with me after Bigfoot's mom dies. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, I love this movie, and it's the only one that I've ever watched of the series. Our narrator is Pat Hingle, who would play Commissioner Gordon in Batman the next year. Oh, And this is a really neat intro. I, I was just watching this earlier today. It's like talks about how, you know, before mammals, there were these creatures. Now, it was a, a relatively new thing to show dinosaurs without their tails dragging on the ground. Ah. That's a new thing, yeah. yeah. It, you know, go ahead, David. Like, even before Jurassic Park, dinosaurs were just kind of in the culture for some reason. Yeah. yeah. There was just a lot of stuff involving dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kids, kids love dinosaurs, and it was, it's such a, it is still and was such an evolving science. I mean, it was not the popular theory at the time that dinosaurs had feathers. Um, we thought that they were, you know, just, just big lizards. And no. now we know that they're so much closer to birds, although... They'd already kind of figured out here, you can see in this animation, that these tails are used as, you know, to center their gravity, not just as kind of a useless appendage. Um, 
I find it interesting how there are very few bright, happy colors. Yeah. Not yet. It's Ducky. I love Ducky. Now, who here has seen The Good Dinosaur? I've seen some of it. I've got a young nephew, and we've watched... That was the movie when I was watching him um, while his brother was being born. That was what I would put on when I would take a shower for him to watch. So I've seen, like, the beginning and the end of it, but not the middle. It's funny, because I remember Good Dinosaur coming out and thinking, I don't know if I could watch it, because this is... You know my favorite animated Disney or dinosaur movie that I don't know if I can watch anything after that. So I'm Dan- hesitant to watch Good Dinosaur, but Good Dinosaur is probably dinosaur. not. Oh yeah, but that's yeah. Not, that wasn't a movie. My friend and a whole lot more. <laughs> well, I was definitely a dinosaur kid growing up, <sighs> but and I do remember watching this either They're like sad. you know you go to a friend's house and they've got it on the VCR. Or they might show it in school. It's just the memory was never really clear when exactly I watched this. But I, I didn't remember watching I, it. And, and certain certain scenes really stick out. Yeah. Uh, like I remember Sarah being a complete turd. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of stuck. So, so my introduction to Land Before Time was I had a really good friend in Columbus, Ohio. Um, my... You know how it is when your mom's friends with another mom and they have kids, so you have to hang out with them whether you like it or not. It was one of those situations. So me and this guy and his little sister would all kind of hang out in the basement rec room. And I swear they only had three videos, four videos. Land Before Time and the three Star Wars. So guess what we always watched was one (laughs) of the Star Wars movies because nobody wants to watch some some dinosaur movie that the little that the little yeah. uh, sister was into. So well, you could buy um, Land Before Time at McDonald's for quite a while. It was one of the first widely available movies. Mm-hmm. When at this point in time, most video cassettes cost. Uh, if you were going to buy a videotape, it was like seventy five bucks. Wow! Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first movies. Like you could go to McDonald's. You know, get like such uh, some kind of something meal, the dino meal or whatever, and they would give you the land before time to go with it. So a lot of people had land before time. Oh, I'm looking at Baby Littlefoot and how accurate a representation of he is of a a baby human. Yeah, <laughs> just all wrinkly. Mama is way too into all these other animals coming in and checking out her baby. Yeah. Babies are not usually able to back away from things. So. No, that's true. <laughs> Especially those I never buzzard like birds. Yeah. Before, yeah. And Good morning, young prince. We're going to eat you. Yeah, this is really strange. Out, little foot. Yeah. Klutzy. Getting some visions of Bambi on the ice there. Oh, that was it. Yep. So, family moment here. Except for the next five minutes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, get a good yawn in there. 
cute. I know, right? I'm not a fan of the animation. A lot of people didn't like this, and I think that's where the Little Mermaid swooped in. And it's like, everything will be pretty. <laughs> and we'll get the guy that wrote the songs for Little Shop of Horrors to write, oh, there to you write go. the songs for it. It's funny, you know, that the animation's not very good, you know, looking at it now. Oh, I think it's great. I was going to say, but back when I watched it, I thought it was amazing. Especially the leaf scene where he's yes. going around chasing this leaf. No, uh, it's the the drawing style. And my my mom has a problem with this. That if, like, mm. characters are, you know, you know, not pretty looking. Although she also doesn't like if things are pretty looking. But basically if the design... Is not what she thinks is good than the that she considers the animation to not be good. Oh, and the animation okay. is amazing. Right. But you know, if you don't like trucks, it doesn't matter how good yeah. of a truck it is. Yeah. That's a strange looking leaf there. It's a very a leaf symbolic star. leaf yeah. there. Wow, that's really well done. Right. Okay. I, I... So this this leaf and this whole scene, just anytime that. Littlefoot is interacting with this leaf. That's what really is burned in my mind that I remember about this movie. Good lighting, too, because notice how they actually colored Littlefoot differently in that scene. Yeah. He was yeah. actually orange. Oh, so they're talking about the, the lack green. of food and yeah. water. Yeah, they're on a migration. I, I like this, you know, watching movies that have this kind of eerie, spooky feeling, but you're still kind of safe. Now, I didn't see this in the theater. This is the crux of the movie here. Some things you believe with your eyes, others you believe with your heart. Mm. Quaid, start the reactor. <laughs> Sorry. That would be two years from then. But definitely the same lighting scheme as Mon Mars is on. I was actually I was actually thinking about the belief in what is real and yeah. Oh, I like it. Uh-oh. Oh. This is uh Sarah? Sarah. But Sarah C E R A by the way for Triceratops. Oh. But this is something again that Disney moved away from is this like here was a hero for girls who was aggressive and bossy and it was not shown as being a negative well you know sarah could have done a really good job at being a, a good role model for women is <laughs> the what i didn't like about sarah was she was just mean to everybody she kind of had this lucy from peanuts thing going on well, Lucy from Peanuts was based on Charles Schultz's ex-wife. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. His current wife was his current wife when he was doing this trip. Huh. So why did you? So could you expand a little bit more on Sarah as a role model for girls? Because so Little Mermaid comes along, and it's all like I want to live on land and turn into you know the kind of person that my husband is going to be and hey she said the thing yeah jim three horns don't play with oh she says it even better later oh really yeah. oh, okay 
And here's a little bit of, you know, self-identity crisis what here. Would you, I mean, Jen, what would you say as far as female role models for for little girls that were not princesses? Who did you have back then? 30 well, years ago. Well, you know, I was never really a princess girl because when I was... Right, that's what I'm saying. But you like had female role models, I assume. See, that's a, a funny question because whenever anybody asks who my female role model was, I always... My stock answer is that I didn't have... This is going to be like a super sappy moment. But I never really had a female role model until I met my mother-in-law. And she is my female Aww, role model. Sweet. And that was... When did I meet your mom? Like... 2017 years ago. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. That almost reminds me of, you know, those Japanese paintings. Yeah. That are just. That uh, almost looked like watercolor. Yeah. You know, I bet you it was. Yeah. Yeah, I will, uh. I will stick up for, uh, for your mother in law who I. I know somewhat well. I've met her on a few occasions, and she is a pretty awesome lady. Yeah. I See, that's a really interesting question, and now I have to think, you know, who who was my female role model growing up? Because I guess I was so... Not even stuck up isn't the word I'm looking for, but it was very much, you know, depend on yourself. Be your own role model. You don't need, a, you don't need somebody to look up to. Mm-hmm. Look up to yourself and try to figure out who you want to be, so... But yeah. Did, did you watch like Tiny Toons and think like Babs was cool? Babs was okay. Or like Dot on. Um, oh, I did like Dot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Lisa I, Simpson is a big one from our generation. No, you know, you know who my female role model was. Now that I think about it, was Shira. There you go. I was a huge Shira fan. There you go. Just because you know, <laughs> she could she could kick ass and take names and. I mean, of course she rode, you know, a unicorn-like object, which is a plus for me. Yeah. This is really good cinematography there. So, I can't really hear the dialogue. You don't need but to. But I'm just watching it. I'm like, I get it. It's... you. This could be a, a non-speaking piece and you'd understand which what Which is exactly happening. what Roger Ebert said when he reviewed this movie. Ah. He said kids would go and watch this even if there was no dialogue. I would the agree story with that. was just pantomime. Yeah. Because dinosaurs are so great. Oh, uh, and see, this thing... Well, the acting, I mean, the facial expressions, that's a really terrifying-looking dinosaur. I mean, right I'm then. very much getting shades of Jurassic Park here. And that's what, um... This is what the... There was extra stuff with this dinosaur. It was called Sharp Tooth. Right. That Spielberg that's cut. And one of the things was that... The camera angle was him chasing them, and the camera was, like, in his mouth. Oh. And Spielberg was like, no, we're not having that. Oh, the camera was the mouth? Yeah. You could see the teeth. Wow. Around the camera. Yeah, I can see, imagine that being Now, this is the one thing that I don't like, is that in a couple of times already in this movie, we saw small, cute creatures eating bugs and other creatures, and we didn't think nothing of it. But here's Sharptooth. He's got to eat. He's got to yeah. eat somebody, and why doesn't he go for... What? There's nothing wrong with him going after these kids. Except that they're the heroes. They're not just the heroes. Yeah. Right? You know, it's just the narrative thrust of it. And now Mama is trying to protect her baby against Sharptooth. Yeah. Honestly, I think 
if you look at the battles of nature, this would not be a realistic scene because the risk of damage is so high to this T-Rex here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, but they're they, all starving. There's very little to eat. Yeah. They're actually suggesting now that T-Rexes are more of a carrion type species. Okay. Rather than a hunter. See, I can, I can believe that because what are you going to do with your short arms, you know? You can't really do much. Oh, So, poor, yeah, you would have to be a carrion. Yeah. Poor mom there. She's like, great, I've got this big bite in my neck. There's an earthquake on some really soft ground. Dude, look at your foot. So when you watch this for the first time, Pat, how did how did this scene kind of get you? Well, I first watched this, I'm almost positive, in my uh, friend's basement, just, uh, which was kind of movie central from the time that I was, gosh, four till I was about 20 years old. Okay. So we watched Land Before Time many, many times down there because he was a big uh, dinosaur guy. Um... We definitely, you know, probably rewound it and watched all the sharp tooth parts over and over. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. But this was also, you know, a movie that you'd talk about with other little, you know, little kids. And right. You'd say, like, this, this one dinosaur was my favorite. I just remember all the girls loved Sarah, <laughs> although we quoted uh, Ducky, who will be coming up in a little bit. I was going to say, Ducky was definitely my favorite, not Sarah, so... So they're talking about, this is, the narrators now say this is a depiction of the continental Oh, line. wow. Yeah. And just a whole herd went down yeah. in a gulch. Yeah. I just remember watching that, but that was so terrifying to me. And I... I very distinctly remember because this was, you know, right, my, I, I believe my dad was in Honduras at the time or something. And just thinking, you know, I felt that whole like continental divide. Like, I feel you right now, kid. You know, oh. like my parent is all the way on the other end of the world or, you Off know, door. Here yet. Some, more, some more shades of Bambi now, the cute character running around. Yeah. Mother. Oh. Yeah. Now, which studio put this together? Universal? Yeah. Okay, because I know Disney stole a lot of scenes from one movie to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I guess this scene was a lot more graphic as well. And I was trim it down. Right. But this is still, this is still heavy because, I mean, Bambi's mom is just like, she's there and then she's gone. And this one, you get, you know, the sad goodbye. Yeah. I, don't, I believe in Bambi. You don't. You see the shot, but you don't see mom yep. die. You no. don't see Bambi, you know, hanging out with mom. You just know. Like, isn't yeah. there, like, just a cutscene? Well, the deal, no, the deal is that they go to the meadow. Uh-huh. And he's all, like, you know, she's all like, oh, don't run on, don't run on the meadow. And he, he goes somewhere and she's, she has to find him. So she has to go out in the open. She had shot. Right. And then he, he's, like, calling and calling him. And his dad comes out. This is the first time you see his dad. He's like, yeah, your mother ain't coming back in. Now, isn't this, like, the dialogue here? She's like, you know, even if I'm gone, I'll always be in your heart. Oh, good. I was wondering what she was saying. Even if you can't see me, I'll be with you. Yeah. She tells him. 
I like how she kind of becomes part of the land there. Yeah. That's great cinematography. And then, you know, from here on out, basically the leaf is symbolic for Littlefoot's mom. Oh. At least is what I thought. Yeah. Because that's life. So. And she picked it for him, so, you know. The tree star, they call that leaf. Tree star. It's a big caterpillar. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Who now, this are is, you? This is... Who are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's so hard to watch like in an I don't know if it's uncanny counts as uncanny valley but just in an animated movie when a character gets hurt or, or like a, a cute character looks mm. sad or angry how hard it is to look at them yeah but this is the old man telling about the circle of life his name's Hooter his name is really Hooter no. Oh. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you, how did I not you know You pay attention to old Hooter. <laughs> just because just you reach into a can of beans and pull out a centipede don't mean that centipede was made of beans. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this makes me think, uh, David, you remember the episode of... Uh, Frasier, where he... God, God, look how sad he is. <laughs> the episode of Frasier where he's competing with the, uh, the black woman that does kind of oh, yeah. folksy wisdom. Yeah. And he keeps trying to come up with, with stuff that's like, just because your dog gave birth in the oven, don't make those puppies corn muffins. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, cute. Yeah. It reminds <laughs> me scored. of Sasha from... Uh, Peter and the Wolf? Yes. Oh, yeah. The music, very much that music, yeah. <laughs> the, the bird theme. I don't remember any of this. This is great. Yeah. Super cute. <laughs> oh, she just oh, got bit on the bum right there. <laughs> yeah. If Sumo was a baby pterodactyl, <laughs> Sumo is a character from a television show called Clarence. Yes. Which we like to watch. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> wow. That's a mom. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 God. <laughs> your mother's dead. I've yeah. seen some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I oh. need an adult. Oh. Very, very badly. Okay. It reminds me of a sad dog who didn't get his walk yet. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and breathe. And they've oh. even oh, they've even animated the breath movements. Yeah. So that's great. Here, I'm trying to cheer you up. No. Oh. <laughs> and there's this leaf star, star leaf. Yep. <laughs> Love this like desolate landscape that the you know the world probably yeah. never looked like this. Yeah. I mean, dinosaurs we now know didn't really look like this. Right. So this is all completely 
the sub you know it's the subconscious of the human mind of what the primordial this is Earth, France, about four and a half billion years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sleeping in that's Mama's footprint. Yeah. Oh, there we go, and then the the divine leaf. Yes. Was there a creationist response to this film? Creationists oh, were not as question. as vocal at the time. Um, that is really good animation, right? Wow. Well, he had already done. Um, so Don Bluth's resume at this time was he his first big movie that he worked on was uh, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh. Um, and I believe he was the lead animator or the director of uh, Fox and the Hound. He did uh, that cartoon that we used to see all the time when we were kids, but it's very hard to find now about the little boy and the donkey at, from Disney. Yeah. See, that was directed by him. Then he did, uh, see, oh, and Black Cauldron he did. And that was kind of hmm. a, that was one of Disney's biggest flop to that point. But, um, then you had Secret of Nim, uh, American Tale. That That's a when did that one come out? Secret of Secret Nim. Secret of Nim was eighty six, I want to say. Okay, that I mean, was eighty two. Oh, you're right. So he just saw in the leaf his own reflection and he heard thought, his mom's voice about finding this lush valley. That that was ugh. Oh, he thought the shadow was his mom. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's dead. Ugh. Man, my dog. I'm never going to look at a sad dog again. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way. Yeah, I, you know, I bet you that is watercolor. Cause that, especially the sky. Well, it's still cell animation. Yeah. Okay. So it's layered. They probably did the... They probably did the character movements in oil and then the backdrop in watercolor. I'm going to find my own kind there on the other side. I just, I never understood why Sarah's so angry all the time. She's just... From long necks. <laughs> Racist. Right? Pretty much. <laughs> so, Littlefoot, that's when you leave her down there. Yeah. <laughs> Find a better friend. And scene. Well, she definitely has the biggest... In my opinion, I think she has the biggest character arc. Or the character... Mm, development. Development, yeah. I have to take your word for it, because I don't remember. Oh, they, they become buddies at the end. And she sticks up for him. Man, just... This is sad. Right? Did, did kids cry? I did. did yeah. I cried so hard. I'm like, no. <laughs> Just gonna walk off with my leaf. I don't need anything. Just this leaf. <laughs> Pretty much. And this volcanic vent. <laughs> and this pebble. <laughs> well, we're, what and these cherries they? that the birds brought oh. me. <laughs> All I need is this leaf. <laughs> this volcanic vent. These cherries. Here comes Ducky, and this is, oh god, the saddest look. Well, oh, so <laughs> sad. Saddest face right there. I know. It's like, all right, take everything, take my money, yeah. just stop crying. 
Now, my nephew, who's four, got to see this when he was three, and he just loves this movie. Aww. He loves, um, Brachiosaurus. Now, what's the first movie you remember watching? Um, the first movie that I saw in the theater was E.T. Oh. It was on a re It was on a re-release. Okay. Because I was about two when I went to see it. Somebody showed it at a birthday party. Like you remember? Oh, year. Yeah. Oh, two. Yeah. It was. It was not the original 1982 right. release. It was. It was a. It was a re-showing in the theater before it. That was another affordable video. So that got watched a bunch, obviously, when it came out on video. But then when I was four, when Aristocats came out, we were watching. And this was again a re-release because Disney would re-release all of its movies in a cycle. So Aristocats had come back to the theaters, and my dad and I were watching Entertainment Tonight. And he was like, "Hey, do you want to go watch that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, when?" He's like, "Right now." <laughs> that was a beautiful color change right there. So yeah. he was gray, and as he went around the tree into the sunlight, he just did a nice orange change there. Yeah. I think the first movie that I remember, obviously, I'm not that old, but. Um, I grew up in Hanau, Germany, which is the birthplace of the Grimm brothers, and they were doing um, a Grimm, a Grimm's fairy tale festival, and uh, we were watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves um, on the big screen. So that was the first movie I remember watching at a movie theater, but I don't remember the first movie that I remember watching just in general. Yeah, it's it's hard to reach back there. I don't... One of the earliest memories of a movie is seeing a Miyazaki film called Laputa, or Castle in the Sky. Uh, My dad had taken me to a theater in Columbus, Ohio to watch this indie film, and I fell in love. But also, uh, there was another film that came out that I loved as a kid. It was uh, The Dark Crystal. Nice. Now, when was that? Dark Crystal was 1980 or 82. Okay, so it would have been a very early film. Actually, before I wasn't really into movies all that much, so we were very, very uh, poor growing up. And so we didn't go out and watch movies. It just wasn't really an option. But I do remember seeing The Rescuers in the theater. I saw that in the theater, too. I remember, actually... One of the first TV shows I remember watching and loving were Dukes of Hazard. Nice. And it was just because cars jumping over things. And, <laughs> I saw them and, Oh, sorry. Uh, um, and then, uh, so, the, the, the films, looking back at them, um, I would forget my life and watch these films and just get lost in the narrative. And, and it was just such an escape for me. As a kid. Uh, but by the time Land Before Time came around, that I kind of had lost that ability. Huh. Uh, but that was also, I didn't really realize what Land Before Time was until I was maybe eight or nine. Or nine well, or ten. Well, it was interesting there. because, so I was six. And I didn't really begin to follow the plot of a movie. Like, I could watch it, like, I could watch a movie and go... These are some things that happened in the movie, but yes. like as far as being able to go, 
this was what the story of the movie was, mm-hmm. I would not be able to do. And what what's funny is what taught me to do that was, and and that's and it was completely different with books. Yes. Like I could be read to, and great stuff here. Uh, like a, you could read to me, and I could tell you what the story was that you read to me, not in separate incidents. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But I wish, and we're actually going to talk about this movie in this series. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out. I was going to say, I did watch that. I remember that vividly. And the thing about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, this is why I remember that this is how I absorbed movies, was that I could tell you everything that happened in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. In fact, I made audio recordings of me reciting Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I had absolutely no idea the plot of that movie. I just remembered, like, okay, they're making the cartoon at the beginning. And then these catchphrases are said. So I wish I had one of these tapes because I did it oh, over and over cool. again. Because it was literally just reciting the lines in the order that they happened. And then as an adult, it was like, okay, this is about like what destroyed the public transit system in San Francisco. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but we haven't let David talk about his movie experience. So I saw a Muppet Christmas Carol when oh, I was five in the theater. The best one, I, I feel like. The best Christmas Carol. Okay. I haven't seen many. I've seen, like, in my life, I've seen, like, 15 or 20 movies in the theater. Okay. One of them was with me, such happy. Nice. Yeah. And we saw Guardians 1. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot we went to that movie. So here's a weird, weird question. Does anybody happen to know off the top of their head who voices Sarah? I don't. I think it's just a... I, I looked it up on IMDb. It's just... A random kid voice actor who was a kid when they did this. Because it's really funny. Whenever Sarah screams, she sounds so much like another cartoon character that I can't place right now. But just a very popular cartoon character. She screams the exact same way and has that exact same pitch. And I'm trying to figure out who it is. Somebody more recent, though. Well, if somebody wants to write in and say that they know where that scream came from, yeah. it might be a stock little, little girl scream, too. Oh. Although, you can tell, like, compared to, say, like, how the voice voices are read on, like, Peanuts versus this. These were, I mean, these were actors doing these voices. I know who it reminds me of. It reminds me of the original Annie. When she's, when she's hanging from, like, the... the the rail, the the railroad rail thing, and she's high, or she's like slipping from the helicopter after she's been rescued, and um, the the Manny, I guess, has his turban, you know, helping her up, and she's screaming up, or she's climbing up it, and she's starting to slip. She sounds exactly like Annie. Huh. That's who it is. And that makes sense because Annie came out in '82. Yeah. So. I doubt it's the same person. Don't yeah. you're gonna launch Ducky? Look out! I can see it. No, Ducky, look out! <laughs> She's telling her story of how she encountered yeah. Sharp Tooth. Yep. Yeah. And we can just tell that from the body language. Is why this is so good. Yeah. I don't know why I never noticed that before. I think that you bring up a great point that. This whole thing could be pantomimed if you could still get the story very yeah. much. 
Yep, she launched it. <laughs> Don, Bl- Don Bluth loved twisty corridors and like ah. pieces of string and stuff, which yeah, is very know. evident in like um, Secret of Nim, where the yeah. crow is all tangled up in the. Oh, piece loved, of string. loved, loved that movie. And there's one more egg to be born. Ooh, guys, we're gonna have an omelet. <laughs> Lunch. Oh, is this the lazy guy? I think so. The lazy turtley guy. Mm-hmm. Lazy turtle. Nope, don't want to hatch yet. You should come out. You should. Yep, yep, yep. So the sad thing is, you know, we have to tell this story. We'll probably have to tell it again if we do uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I shouldn't be as blase about it, but it's just an awful story. The voice actress who did Ducky and did the main human character in uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven was uh, murdered when she was a child. What? Yes. Uh, her father was an abuser and people were trying to save her family from him and were unsuccessful. Wow. He got big fast. Yeah. That's terrible. It is terrible. How old was she? Uh, eight or ten, I believe. Yeah. Where are your parents? Yeah. He ate them. <laughs> I love that if this was anything other than an American movie, like poop would be a big part of this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was thinking of that butt biting scene. Uh-huh. It's like little kids. You know you know that there's like some parent that brought their hyperactive child in the theater. They got really into the movie, they thought they were okay, and then the butt scene happened. <laughs> and they could not calm the kid down for like the rest of the day. <laughs> Just for laughing or? Yeah, just like freaking out about butts. (laughs) You know, there's a parallel to this movie, and I don't know if you're going to like it or not. The Brave Little Toaster. Oh, yeah. Oh. I I haven't watched that in a long time. I am quite a fan of The Brave Little Toaster. But seriously, I mean, it's the same thing. You have a troop on a journey. Well, you could say the same thing about Homeward Bound. There's lots of incredible journey movies. Yeah. The thing that's weird about the Brave Little Toaster, and Toy Story kind of ca- you know carried this out to the nth degree, is the idea that our possessions love us back. Mm. Yeah. That our possessions are sad that we grow up. What a beautiful lie. Yeah. Well, in this movie, there are no position. There are no possessions. It's all about relations. All you have is yourself. Yep. And the person next to you. Oh, this is really sad. Because they're about to... If I remember correctly, everybody finds this food all at once. Right? Yeah. And there's a big stampede. This makes me really want to play Evolution. <laughs> oh, that's a great game. Yeah. Oh. Too bad that old guy's not there to be like, give it to the children. Hey, they're long necks. He'd be like, hey, there's my family. I know. They said that he was the last of the... Of his herd. Yeah. Not of all of them. Yeah. I keep forgetting about this dude. Yeah. He reminds me of, um... Was he a bat in Fern Gully? Yeah, that was Robin Williams was the boy for that back. That's right. Um, this guy was the I believe it's Fitz Frank Welker. He was of course the voice of the uh, 
lightning bug that assisted the uh, the bad guy in American Tale. Oh yeah, I was thinking about um, the lightning bug in Princess and the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do get a meal. Which was, of course, also a dig at um, that character was a was a dig at American Tale. Really? Yeah, because it's Disney going like, well, you know, you like your character in that movie? Well, he's going to get smushed in uh, Princess and the Frog. No. Yeah, dig up, stupid. <laughs> What's that from? I can't remember. The Simpsons. That's right. Well, let me just put my cranium here really quick. <laughs> The proportions there are great. Wait, does this... Does this flying dinosaur have a fear of heights? He hasn't figured out how to fly yet. (laughs) Oh, I see what's gonna happen here. This is like, dude's gonna be like, food! You know, if Winnie the Pooh was a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bother. What do we think of uh, this new Christopher Robin movie? I haven't I have watched it. Seen it. So there's the one that's been released already, which is okay. It's okay. With uh, Domhnall Gleeson as uh, adult Christopher Robin. Or no, he plays, Domhnall Gleeson plays A.A. Milne, the father of Christopher Robin. Oh, okay. But there's another one coming out that's more of a fictional one where it's Ewan McGregor and he plays uh, Christopher Robin who's like grown old and jaded and all of a sudden the toys start to talk to him. Oh. And it's got, you know, uh, Jim Cummings as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. It's, the trailer's really sweet. Huh. That's so really here's Sarah sweet. really irritated that she can't get any food. Yeah. And... She doesn't want to help. See, I think the that Sarah's big thing because you're like, well, what's her problem? Why is she like that? Is that she wants she wants to appear strong and that she doesn't need any help from anybody, so she has this gruff exterior to True. make it look like she's tough. So is Ducky a boy or a girl? It's a girl. I didn't look at who did the music for this, but the score is kind of nice. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> this guy's like just like... When, it, when your great big dog wants to get in bed with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's good at that, too. He'll sneak in. Yeah. He Very doesn't want to move either. Yeah. No. Dexter actually moved. Ditto does not move. He is the <laughs> he is the immovable force. I actually think he gains fifty pounds <laughs> once he falls asleep. That was the one time I ever let uh, my dog Amber, when I was who was my dog when I was a teenager, sleep in the bed with me. Yeah, she every time she slept on her dog bed, she slept all curled up in a ball. Aww. But when she slept on the bed with me, she had all of her legs. <laughs> <laughs> so now is he? That can't be his mother's footprint. It's a footprint. It's a footprint that maybe be, might be like his mother's. Yeah. 
It's just, I guess... You just want to give that poor long neck a hug. Yeah. It's like, look how much he fun... He finds comfort in It's like, look how much fun that. everybody's having over here. Yeah. I don't it's know like, you're I'm really going to miss out when you're a teenager, dude. <laughs> Ducky doesn't look like he's having that much fun. No. <laughs> she? Yeah. Oh, she. Sorry. I, I can't keep track of... Yeah. That's pretty scenery right there, all the stars. Somewhere. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Aw, friends for life. Yeah, he's happy. Let's make 12 more movies, guys. Because now she has to go to the group. Mm-hmm. She I needs mean, the group. That's the whole thing. Is, you know, I made the, the, the Bambi joke earlier about when he was born and all the animals come in. You know, good morning, young prince. I mean, but that scene with Sarah, that's all Dumbo. Oh. That's all Dumbo being yeah. <laughs> sad. That's a big spider. If you yeah. do perspective from below. Yeah. was the age of wonder. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty gloomy movie. Not a lot of bright colors. Nope. <laughs> he just, he flipped. <laughs> oh, she has green eyes. Mm-hmm. It just makes me sad that, you know, you can blame Spielberg for it not quite, quite being all that you want it to be. Because Spielberg, she... It should be the one, you know, who is bringing that innovation and really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, there's there's an there's innovation here. <gasps> the leaf. No. Dun dun dun. You think he'd he's be so large mom. that when you look at him from a distance, you can see the curvature of the earth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I don't like about. When I listen to people critique films, it's like they blame it just on one or two people whose name happened to be on the film. And there are thousands of people involved with yes. making this film great. Yeah. From the art department to the music to the folks in the editing room, the storyboarding. Hey, it's a Natural Bridges monument. Yeah. I must oh, be in Arizona. The, uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing, is especially, especially an animated movie. Is the product of many, 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 many hands. The Simpsons had a great joke where they went to the animation studio in Korea and it showed all these these uh, animators that, that chained to their desks with armed guards right walking oh, around. What's funny is that there actually are NGO. Um, animation studios in uh, North Korea, like in Pyongyang. Really? Yes. Huh. There's a fantastic graphic novel by a Canadian animator called Pyongyang. 
about working in an MGO. I heard about that. Yeah. It is such a good book. I want to read that. Enough. I can't think of the author's name, but it's called Pyongyang. Yeah, I ran across that in uh, it is one of those super liberal bookstores down in Olympia. I've read it a couple of times. Well, I want to stress that it is not propaganda on any level. You see that the clouds are moving behind the cloud. Or the, the clouds are moving behind the sun in that scene. So they just got a gotcha because they made this long journey to what they thought was the lush green valley, but then they come upon it and it's still desolate. Well, they haven't come to the mountains of fire yet. Right. I love that idea. There's two things that I like in fantasy type movies. Yeah, clouds moving behind the sun and people standing above, like being on like a mountain and standing above where the moon is on the horizon. Yeah. Which is really neat. So why are they fighting? I'm confused. Well, Sarah's a little miffed that they made this long journey and it's not what they were looking for. And I think we might have missed it, but I think she she played the long neck card again or something wow. and Lo- and Littlefoot got really irritated. It's like, dude, stop picking on me. And so now they're just oh, having a little tizzy. Spike's fighting. Oh, he wants to keep her on course. Yeah, because okay. they have to, they have to cross the fire mountains or whatever. So Sarah decides to leave because, yeah. you know, she's like, "Well, you didn't take me to the right place, so I'm going to try to find it myself." The passage of time in this works really well for kids too. Even though we, I think we've only seen one night. Yeah. Pass. So it's like it's going to take days and days and days for you to get here, and it's been a two days. Well, mom children, died yesterday. He met these guys. They had their overnighter. Well, children are super impatient anyway. Yeah. So. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? Hmm. Ducky is just... I love that they have the... Uh, optimist. What's the, the, the hawk cry for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, why would they have a hawk? They don't have Because they're in the desert. Of... Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. They, it's with at the beginning of the movie explaining that those animals don't exist and they have, like, the, the hawk scream. <laughs> that is really terrifying. This scene? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Ash has been just slowly starting to fall more and more. They're just a random skeleton. Oh, the tar pits. Oh, are you about to become an exhibit? <laughs> you know, I always worry about that. Like, so you'll see something where they have, like, mummified remains in a tar pit, and, like, this is the body of some creature that just drowned to death. Yeah. And their last moments are stuck in terror. That's, so, how did he get there so quickly? The magic of movies, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
the edges on that seem so like square. Yeah. It's all like this for Lovecraft and it's like this was the original pencil just made by the great old one. They're way too comfortable. They're way too comfortable with walking in that tar. Jesus was the real God. <laughs> so, I'm so glad they didn't do blackface right here. Yeah. That would have really bothered me. where they would have done that, too. It, yeah, that was... The, the late 80s was just kind of when we saw the death of blackface. Yep. We almost died back there, guys. This is great. So she does not like being humiliated. Also a precursor, I think we could fairly say, to the Ice Age movies. Which are nowhere near as long. Sarah was too proud to admit that she'd gone the wrong way. (laughs) Looks like old man Winter might have his day after all. <laughs> You're wondering why I've been talking for a while. It's because I dropped my shoe on the ground and been crawling around on all fours to get to it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed watching dinosaurs without hearing my voice. Huh, interesting. Makes me wonder if that's how they actually... If that's feasible as a way for the the dinosaurs to have swam back then, because you would think they would drown. Well, just if you've ever seen an elephant swim, or a hippo, or a dog, they all kind of swim the same way. So they're planning to drown this dinosaur. You know, it didn't occur to me as a kid that they're plotting to murder somebody. Yeah. It's premeditated, too. <laughs> I was just thinking about the, the dopey look on that guy's face. Yep, it were premeditated. <laughs> we told that sharp tooth right where to go. <laughs> oh, they got Bonk. Yeah. Hey, Bonk! Come here! <laughs> oh, no, that's not Bonk. That's Ducky. No, no, the the guy is tailing. Oh. What's that? I heard child's tears. 
there is a horrible monster. If he hears children cry, he comes nearer. <laughs> Don't ever cry. So where's Pennywise? Yeah. Uh. Well, that worked a little better than we thought. It was easy. Now Ducky can swim. Too easy. We have to assume so. that there is a bigger sharp tooth. Yeah, why isn't he drowning? Water's not deep enough. Oh, he's not. It was deep only in baby. The pool. It was only baby deep. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh I'm pissed cute. now. I love how they give him red eyes yeah. to increase the ferocity. Yeah. We need Sarah to push this boulder over. And that's what they would do too. They go for the eyes. Well, that's smart. I mean, crows. Yeah. If crows will go for the eyes. And other birds too. A dinosaur story, if you will. <laughs> oh. Oh. So, yep, they killed a guy. I gotta tell you a messed up story. Um, when we were little dino cubs. We were getting chased by the sharp tooth. I mean, we were starving. Times were different then. You know, we didn't have time for live and let live. There's not a day goes by. I don't regret how we did that animal. She was just trying to eat. So they're really bummed because they think that they they killed the the flying one. I don't yeah. remember what. what Petrie is his name. Oh, Petrie. That's struck right. He, he was he was stuck in the mouth, I guess. <laughs> but he's that's alive. Why I think of, that's why I think of Ice Age because of that stupid thing where they thought that they killed um, what's his name Dennis Leary's character. And did like a real, like, we have to acknowledge that this death happened thing. Oh. And at the end of the movie, it's like, no, I'm not dead. Huh. It's like, yep. Oh, it's your mom! To all the kids who lost a parent that see that movie and go, maybe they didn't die? Mm. No, they's dead. Yeah. I don't like lying to kids about death. Me neither. Now, that doesn't mean that you should be mean about it, but... Well... So where's your grandfather and grandmother? On the other side of the continental divide. Oh, okay. This poor kid. He's had a rough few days, yeah. man. He's going to be that guy who grows up with mommy issues. You can do it! Moses! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have all these two tablets. <laughs> Spotlight, Littlefoot. Well, no, this is the, uh... This isn't that part of the story. It's the... Your it... people will make it to the promised land. 
You will not. And finally, it's the some Genesis cave. Well, it's not even that. I mean, metaphorically, what happened is they all died. Yeah. No, it's Iowa. Iowa's <laughs> 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 drier than that. It's a Field of Dreams joke. Oh. <laughs> is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. That was all ADR'd in. Oh. Wait. We did it. We did it together. This film has no message. We did it. We did it together. Where? It got a message. Okay. <laughs> Tree stars and absolutely no predators. Yep. Oh, everyone's reunited with their families except. Except not Spike. Boy. Yeah, we never met Spike's parents. Spike's looking a little dopey yeah. there. <laughs> Maybe Spike is an amalgamation of everybody. All the species. Oh. Where's her dad? Okay, I mean, you she, she doesn't other, really have any You were on the other qualities. side of the Continental Divide! Yes, I was. Does this mean, yep, you're dead? <laughs> So I'm sorry, I missed something. Did you say this is a metaphor for passing on? Yeah. So really, they all died. Yeah. And the Green Valley is the afterlife. Yeah. Damn, dog. <laughs> so how did they, so when did they really die? Um, they probably starved to death. Just didn't. Again, this was a heavily edited movie. I mean, they had to look at to reshow. All these other scenes just to make it so that it was counted as feature length and not a short. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I believe your movie has to be 65 minutes to not be a short subject. And this is only 69. Yeah, I would have taken it literally that this, they just made it, that this was not heaven. Yeah, because I don't remember thinking as a, as a kid that they died. I just, yeah. Well, now I know I don't remember much of it yeah. as a kid. There, there's not a lot there. No. It was just, it was just a fun distraction. They animated in Ireland. And here's the one song in it. Every other one of these movies is a uh, musical. Very interesting. Already a million times better than uh, Carol King singing. James Car Horner. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, do we know James Horner from who? from Titanic? Mm -hmm. Ah. If we hold on together, performed. I remember after this um, movie was released, the, sh the song was on the radio Rock, all huh? the time. Huh. Do we know any of these names here? I don't think so. Well, there was Pat Hindle and there was Frank Welker. Frank Welker, of course, the voice of Scooby-Doo and Fred. Oh. He was oh. the voice of Petrie in this. Hate Scooby-Doo so much. I used to love it when I was a kid. Now I'm not as big into it. But I was gonna the song I want to compare this to is the uh, the Care Bears song. Yeah. Care a lot. Care a lot. Which is sung yeah. by. Which is sung by uh, 
What's her name? Carol King of all Oh. Called. Yeah. I don't know why I never made Jeannie that. Jeannie Sue's Shakespeare. Yeah, I was just looking yeah. at that. There's some cool names in here. A game that Gemini like to play or, or is looking at credit names and finding cool baby names. Sunny Epinchapong. Yes. What? <laughs> Better not pinch my paw. horse at your houses. Dick Zondag. Dick and Ralph Zondag. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna go like, if you thought that that one girl's murder was horrible, you should uh, hear what happened to Zip Dog. <laughs> How dare you even say the thing? T. Daniel Hofstadt. My fr- I have a friend who if I Stait. the Stait. one anytime Stait. I go to the movies with her. We have to stay until she sees an Armenian name in the credits. Kathleen Quaif Hodge. Terry Shakespeare. No. Voorhees. What's no Look, Sally Voorhees. Vino yeah. Vissa Essen. <laughs> I like no leg. Robin Sasky, Police. Fuck yeah. Saskia Rivori. Ruben Police. Donal? Donald? Vanderhorst. Mapes. How do you get Sam from Shirley? So Shirley Sam Hapes. I'm I near. Maybe I Shirley mean. was in the process of becoming Sam. Oh, there you go. So uh, I'm afraid to ask this question. Is there a Star Trek tie-in to this at all? Um, I bet there is. Um, Littlefoot Littlefoot's mother was actually. A background ensign on a turbo lift, and but they couldn't get the whole dinosaur body in the shot, so all you saw this was the stump of the leg when the door opened get, up. Uh, no. <laughs> I would need to get on my phone and look it up, but I've got it in the other room so that it's not heard during the recording. Since they both came out in the same year, that first season and this movie, what... I guess parts of 1988 is it representative of like how if if you put 1988 in the time capsule what do what does the first um, season of Star Trek and this movie have in common just time wise when you watch them? It's the other half of the world of my life. So Land Before Time was very much in the real world as a kid. Like, this is what kids were into, and I remember my friend's sister just loving this movie. Hmm. But Star the Trek, sister. yeah. But Star Trek, that was that was mine. I didn't share that with anybody. I didn't share it with my with my friends. It was it was it was a whole different compartmentalized part of Philip my life. Philip O'Connell and Reed O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, and Paul O'Rourke. Oh, oh there's Lord. Patrick Fitzgerald and Gerald Fitzpatrick. Hello, Flynn. Sinead <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> well, that's funny because I was. Just just the opposite, you know. As we all know now, I wasn't really a Star Trek fan when I was a, a kid, and I'm still not very much a Star Trek fan. And um, But I really love this movie, and this movie, like, all my other friends loved it too, and so we would always talk about it in elementary yeah, school. Yeah, I don't So. Yeah. We, it was kind of the opposite, where... N- nobody, nobody, nobody knew that I liked Star Trek back then. Conway. What's that? Connor. Ah. Eichne. Eichne, 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 Eichne. We got Carol. Eichne? O'Toole! Peter O'Toole! 
not the uh, not the Peter O'Toole from Cinetron uh, Computer Systems. Wow, there's the a camera Ireland. computer. Yeah. Yep. I wonder how many of these people uh, owned a DeLorean. <laughs> not a lot, probably. Probably not a lot. I really like that name. Party of Ireland. I hear the movie Excalibur was a big boost for the um, Irish film industry. 1988. Hmm. Look at all those MXs, Ls, and Is. Well, thanks for uh, joining us on Shore Leave. Is this the... Oh, Don Bluth film. I, I was like, his logo is suspiciously similar to the Imagine Films logo. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Ron Howard did this too. All right. So again, thank you for joining us on Shore Leave. We hope to see you soon. Uh, if you want to write in and give us a what for, it'd be appreciated. What's our email address? We are nextgenfirstgenpod at gmail.com, and we will happily converse with you about Land Before Time, uh, any one of our other short leave movies, <laughs> but mostly Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And we'll see you at the movies. Have a good day. So you're the guest. So Sasha, what's so, a Star Trek? Hi, I'm the guest. So Sasha, what is Star Trek? <laughs> We're on shore leave between season one and season two, and there's a lot coming on down the line. Seek us out at Next Generation's First Generation at iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Music credits include Electric Car by Poddington Bear. Broke for free, as colorful as ever. Music heard in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org. Audio engineering by Sasha Shouties. Chief meme maker and episode cover credit goes to Matthew Kirshner. Logo and graphic art design credit goes to David Clawwitter. And special thanks to Patrick Delmore for working with other podcasts to make sure the good work gets out. Do you have a podcast that you think people should be listening to? Send us your promos and we'll play them on the show. If you'd like to email the show, you can email us at nextgenfirstgenpod at gmail.com. I've been Patrick Delmore. And this is Sasha Shouties. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Good night. Coming November 21st, 2018, Next Generation's First Generation returns to look back 30 years ago to the day with the second season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Patrick and Sasha share their perspectives as children in the 80s in contrast to our older cynical selves. Tropes, social commentary, and shade throwing is all fair game. Join Next Generation's First Generation for this watch-along podcast and figure out what the heck is going on as we continue on this seven-year mission. Episodes will be released on the 30th anniversary of the original airing. Find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Libsyn, and also explore Season 1 and our Shore Leave movie commentaries while you're at it. 
Again, that's Next Generation's First Generation at iTunes, Libsyn, Spotify, and Google Play. Next Generation's First Generation.